We care for God's creation because it's God's creation. He loves it far more than we do. And because it is the fundamental thing about being human that we first learn in Genesis, that we are in the garden to care for it. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's wonderful, never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. Today we're talking about how we care for the beautiful world that God has made and entrusted to us. Our guest today believes God made us stewards of his creation and that our lives are meant to be a response to our loving creator. The Bible tells us that God is the source of all beauty and truth and that his creation speaks to us of what he's like. Psalm 19 says this, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. I wrote about this in one of the entries in my devotional book, Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing, which is so beautifully illustrated by talented artist Jago. It has 101 wonderful things to think about to start off your day. And here's one of them. It's called God's Gallery. God made all things just for the joy of it, like an artist. Jonathan Edwards said the whole world is like God's gallery, displaying God's magnificent works of art. Everything around us is telling us about God. Every snowflake whispers, it's God who made us, not us, but him. Every woodland creature proclaims, how beautiful is the one who made us. God is singing to our hearts through a silver birch blazing like lightning in a forest of firs. The universe is telling us, it didn't create itself, God did. And do you know what God says is his absolute masterpiece? You, for we are God's masterpiece. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I recently went bird watching in Central Park. Did you know Central Park is a world birding destination? Neither did I until a few years ago. But during the spring and fall migration, tiny songbirds touch down in the only green space they can find for miles around on their route. And that green space is Central Park. So in May and September, birders head to Central Park. Wait a minute, why am I telling you this? Well, when our guest today was in town this spring, I was lucky enough to be able to join him and other birders and learn from the best. Our guest today is Peter Harris, a dedicated advocate for conservation, who shares his journey of working with Arosha, a Christian conservation organisation he founded with his wife Miranda over 40 years ago. Peter shares how his faith has helped him develop practical responses and also helped him connect the love of God with the care of creation and environmental stewardship. In October 2019, tragedy struck. Peter and his wife Miranda, 
along with their colleagues, were in a horrific road accident while on a work trip in South Africa. Only Peter and the driver survived. Peter's faith and courage and passion shine through and his powerful hope. As Peter says, I couldn't do my job without Christian hope. Despite all the environmental devastation which I've witnessed, I believe that God loves his world and that will inspire great things short term and renew everything in the end. Peter is such a courageous and humble and gentle guide and I know you'll be as encouraged as I was to hear from him. So, without further ado, please welcome my friend, and now yours, Peter Harris. I'm Peter Harris, and I continue in my retirement to work for Arosha, which is the Christian conservation organization that we began in the early 1980s, so 40 years ago. It's quite clear that we are facing a climate crisis in the lifetime of Arosha, which is just 40 years, we have lost half of life on Earth. So you could call it the thinning of life, the disappearance of species and the collapse of populations. As we now work in over 40 countries, Arosha friends are present. And in 20 countries, we have national organizations. We witness this daily in our lives. And as a rule of thumb, the poorer the country, the more evident these signs of ecological distress are to even the casual observer. When we began, we were looking for a practical response from a Christian perspective to what was clearly going to be the issue of our times and what has proved to be the issue of our times, which is the kind of collapse of the biosphere. We wanted to learn in practice what it would mean out of love for God and care for his creation to do something for particular issues in particular places. For a Christian organization that really believes that our life on earth is intended to be a response to a loving creator. It is who we are in that relationship of worship and obedience that is going to be the wellspring for our actions. I think the times we live in are potentially very fruitful, and we just hope that we can match the urgency of, of what is needed. We have not done quite such a good job of reading creation, which is a tremendous source of our understanding of the character of God, of even very essential questions like the nature of suffering as we see Job directed by the Lord to look at creation. And that is God's answer to the acute problem of human suffering. I've had the privilege of working in conservation in many countries, but primarily through bird banding, through the restoration of habitats, through hands-on days and days and months and years of time spent deeply in creation, I think I have gained something of a different understanding of who is our God. I think that many of our human rhythms and surroundings are artifacts of a commercial effort. We're surrounded by all we have done and what we have made, and it's often noisy and incoherent Whereas creation speaks of its creator, as scripture envisages creation as a kind of choir, and that we should silence any voice within that choir is intolerable, but that we should not give time to listening carefully to who 
God is through what he has made it is something that is a problem and as our world is increasingly urban over half of the world's population now live in cities we have to be particularly creative about how to make that possible I'd like to say that I think we often default to what we should do but I have a sense that God is more interested in who we are and I think a recovery by the global church of our understanding that Jesus is Lord and all that means and that he is certainly Lord of creation would give rise to all kinds of actions that would be important and creative. We need to return as believers to scripture to have a more whole view of what the gospel means, of what the good news is, what the redemption of creation means. I think that motivation is what we have to work on and that means careful study, it means taking off our ideological spectacles, it, it means really taking God's word seriously. To be a person is to find oneself within relationship with God, with Jesus Christ our Lord, and with God's people, and with God's creation. We care for God's creation because it's God's creation. He loves it far more than we do, and because it is the fundamental thing about being human that we first learn in Genesis, that we are in the garden to care for it. The two big Bible words, shamar and avath, to care for and to serve or to work with the creation. That's what it is to be human. That's why we do it. We don't do it because we have hopes of some campaign of saving the earth. The world has a savior and it's not us. And, and so I think that is really how we should understand God's love for his creation impacting our own lives and our own narratives. This is a passage from the Jesus Storybook Bible called A New Beginning about Noah's Ark from Genesis 6 to 9. God's heart was filled with pain when he saw what had happened to the world he loved. Everywhere was disease and death and destruction, all the things God hates most. Now Noah was God's friend, which was odd in those days because no one else was. Noah listened to God, he talked to God, he just loved being with God like you do with your best friend. Noah, God said, things have gone wrong. People have filled my world with hate instead of love. They're destroying themselves and each other and my world. I must stop them. First we'll build an ark. Do you know how to build an ark? Neither did Noah. Luckily God knew and he would show him. A storm is coming, God told Noah, but I will rescue you, I promise. I'll send the animals to you, ones that creep and crawl and slither and slime and gallop and hop and bound and climb. And don't forget to pack everyone's food. The storm was going to wash away all the hate and sadness and everything that had gone wrong and make the world clean again. God had thought up a way to keep Noah safe, but Noah would have to trust God and do exactly what God told him. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible 
wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at Sally Lloyd Jones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Oh, hello, it's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.